We pick up at the bottom of Mem Vav, I'm at bet 46b. Uh, we had been discussing it, a hierarchy uh, of uh, opinions and uh, when they are quoted or in dispute with each other who we follow. Uh, and uh, we'd, we'd come out with the following hierarchy. We, one hierarchy was Rabbi Yossi uh, came out tops and then uh, Rabbi Huda and then, uh, then Rabbi Meir at the bottom of that. And then the other one uh, was uh, a similar thing, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon uh, came third in that. And um, so we see that Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Meir uh, were holding the bottom positions, which uh, in, in, in terms of the discussion now, uh, we'll, we see that is important. Rabbi, Rabbi Mashashia had come up, he said, no, all those statements before that we'd said, uh, we don't rely on those things because uh, in terms of decisions, uh, halakhically, we don't rely on all of this. And uh, we, we try to find a source uh, why he would be saying such a thing. And we had quoted uh, something which we had learned in a Mishnah, uh, where we had had said uh, in, it was our Mishnah, uh, Rabbi Shimon had quoted a uh, a statement whereby if you compare uh, three courtyards that open into one another uh, and open into the into the Shatarabin, the public domain, and if you had had an era with one, people could carry, etc. The whole the whole discussion there uh, we'd we'd mentioned, uh, which it's not important halakhically, you know what what the actual discussion was, uh, but the upshot was uh, Rav Chama Barguria said that. Rav said, Halakha goes uh, like Rabbi Shimon. And before that, we had quoted uh, Rabbi Yehuda uh, beforehand, and therefore we'd see if the, the, the halacha goes like Rabbi Shimon, uh, who we'd said before was at the bottom of the totem pole of halachic uh, decisions. Uh, so what we would see, so surely that uh, obviates uh, the principle. And the Gemara had said, uh, what's the, what's the, the difficulty? Because heichet itmar, itmar, that's where the, what the Gemara had said, where it was explicitly stated, uh, then uh, then that's, uh, it, we, we rule like that. However, what we are talking about is where it wasn't explicitly stated what the halacha is. Uh, you still can go according to that hierarchy. That was where we'd got up to. And now we're going to get another six proofs whereby Rev Mashashia actually uh, wants to prove uh, his, his statement why uh, it does not go like uh, that uh, the hierarchy that we mentioned before. Elami Haditnan. So we pick up at the bottom uh, of the Daf uh, Ditnan. We learned in a Mishnah uh, later on in Amasekhet. Irsha Yachid. If you have a city that belongs to an individual, Vinaset Sharab. Him. And then it becomes a uh, uh, one that's uh, occupied by a whole lot of people. Then you can uh, increase the uh, uh, the city, and you can make an Arab uh, across uh, all the the whole city. Shall uh, However, if it was a uh, a city where a lot of people were in, and then it uh, suddenly loses uh, members, and it becomes uh, or not really maybe loses members. Maybe someone almost takes over uh, the whole city uh, and uh, and there aim Arvin it you can't make an air of uh, over the whole thing what you have to do what you have to do is uh, exclude a, a portion uh, of the city uh, and you know the size of this uh, this this town called Khadasha in in Yehuda. Uh, so there have to be fifty people uh, living there that are excluded from the Eruv. That's Divrei uh, Rabbi Yehuda. That's what Rabbi Yehuda says. Uh, Rabbi Shimon Omer. Rabbi Shimon says shall uh, shall 
Shnei Batim. No, you don't have to have 50 people living there. Rather, all you need is uh, three courtyards, uh, each with two houses in it, uh, in, inside of those. So just really six houses uh, worth uh, spread over these three courtyards. Amarav Chama Barguria, Amarav and Rav Chama Barguria said that Rav said, Halacha Karebi Shimon. We see that Rav uh, holds that the Halacha goes like Rebi Shimon. Man Padagalai. So, you know, and, uh, and surely uh, we just said, who does this? Uh, go like we had quoted before uh, that uh, Rabbi Huda uh, and, uh, and therefore we see Haimra, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Shimon HaRachek, Rabbi Huda and as we had had before uh, the, uh, the, the way we had mentioned the law was that when there was a dispute between Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon the luck goes like Rabbi Shimon the Gemara again says, "My kusha Dilma Hacha Nami." The same thing here. Heichet itmar itmar. Heichet lo itmar lo itmar. Where it was explicitly stated, uh, then it was stated. Uh, when it wasn't explicitly stated, uh, then uh, then then it, uh, then we follow the halachic uh, decision-making process uh, that we'd set out previously. Okay, so again we give the same answer, and we're going to see this answer repeated, uh, I think, twice more. And and really the idea might be is that uh, it's, it's not all repeated in the same bad midrash at the same time. Really, it could have been uh, mentioned over many uh, Batei midrashot, and that's why we, uh, we have to repeat the same answer. Uh, all these questions were raised at different at different places, so it's not uh, the Gemara collates them, but it's not that, uh, that it was all said at the same time. Otherwise, it would be a bit unnecessary to mention all of these things. Okay, so continuing with the uh, with the third uh, attack, Ella Mihai. Uh, we learn another Mishnah, uh, and also this is talking about a, a shituf uh, of uh, of uh, Erev. Uh, um, a shit of Mavat, actually, sorry, similar to an Arab, uh, where you combine uh, courtyards. Uh, and uh, in, in terms of this, uh, you, uh, if, if a person, well, actually, I think this might be talking about a standard Arab Chatzarot. I think we are uh, maybe going to get to an Arab shit of uh, in a bit. Um, but in any case, what uh, what we are talking about here, uh, in terms of an Arab Chatzarot, which we haven't dealt uh, that much uh, with yet, uh, we, the first two chapters were really talking about uh, setting up uh, Arabs and Mavois and things like that uh, and uh, the uh, really the, the structure of uh, the different areas. Uh, the third chapter that uh, we dealt with was Erev Tchumim, uh, and now we in, in this chapter we've been dealing also with uh, areas regard, uh, issues regarding the Tchum. So we haven't really dealt with Erev Chatzairot, uh, but what we're going to see uh, in Erev Chatzairot is that in order to combine uh, different private domains, houses with courtyards leading into them, even though uh, they are all private uh, domains, and therefore in theory you'd be able to carry uh, in all of them, uh, the rabbis did not want you to get confused between between a, a, a carrying out from one private domain to another private domain, uh, and, uh, and that would lead you to then carry out from a private domain to a public domain. So what they did was uh, they set up that you have to do an Erev Chatzarot, whereby you combine uh, the, uh, the, the house uh, and the, uh, the, the courtyard, the Chatzar, into a, a combined area. And once you combine that, it's like one big happy family. So uh, in terms of that, 
uh, it all belongs to to one uh, it all belongs to one collective and uh, what happens here uh, is that a person leaves without joining the Eruv. Uh, so what you've got is uh, this person uh, person A uh, that has left uh, the courtyard uh, and you know, the, the, the group of courtyards he's, he's left his house and now you've got A versus everyone else uh, and uh, and it says so that you leave your house and he goes out he goes away for Shabbat uh, we're going to have four different opinions here it doesn't make a difference, uh, says, we're going to see this Rabbi Meir, uh, it doesn't make a difference if you're Jewish or not Jewish, uh, it says, Rabbi Meir says, uh, it doesn't make a difference, Jewish or not Jewish, why? Because really the important thing is, is that this person has uh, left town, so you've got person A, uh, and everyone else is combined as one, but uh, it's not belonging to one person, so this person has messed it up uh, for everyone, so you can't have an air of Katsara, uh, because it's not all belonging to one person now. Okay, and, uh, and he uh, restricts everyone else. Uh, that is Rabbi Meir's view. Uh, Rabbi Huda Meir, Rabbi Huda says, also, he takes the opposite view. Uh, this guy's not there, uh, and therefore he had, does not restrict anyone. Uh, it's as if you ignore him altogether. So only the people that are there you take into account. That's, uh, that's the opposite view. Uh, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda. Okay, uh, and uh, Rabbi Yossi Meir, Rabbi Yossi takes a middle path. Nochri, uh, also, uh, with a non-Jew, uh, he uh, restricts you. Uh, in, in, in Israel, Ainosa, Israel uh, doesn't uh, restrict you. Why? Because once a Jew goes away for Shabbat, he doesn't usually come back on Shabbat. And, and that's why we say, that uh, well, as opposed to a non-Jew who might uh, come back on Shabbat. So if this guy is going to come back on Shabbat, he's going to make use of his house uh, and thereby uh, restrict everyone else. So uh, that's Rabbi Yossi's uh, middle opinion between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda. And uh, he says that uh, if it's a non-Jew, uh, then he, by returning on Shabbat, uh, he has effectively uh, messed everything up. Okay, uh, Rabbi Shimon, the fourth opinion, Omer, he says, Afilu uh, even if the person, even if, uh, uh, for example, a Jew uh, left house, uh, and um, he goes and he spends uh, time with his daughter, uh, even if it's in the same city, and also uh, he's not going to come back home. He's, you know, changed his mind. He's going to enjoy uh, spending time with his daughter, uh, you know, her husband, the grandchildren, whatever the case is. His mind is not going to be coming back uh, on Shabbat, and. Uh, uh, and as a result, uh, he does not restrict you. So that's Rabbi Shimon's view. Uh, and now, uh, again, Amrav Hamabar Guria Amrav, also in the name of Rav, which is going to be important. All of these statements is in the name of Rav. Uh, it says Halacha Rabbi Shimon. The Halacha goes like Rabbi Shimon. And into Aliya, man Palegalai Rabbi Yehuda. Into Aliya, there was Rabbi Yossi, there was Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Meir as well. But uh, in all of those cases, uh, at least Rabbi Yehuda disagrees with him. Baramata Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Halacha Rabbi Yehuda. Uh, but surely we learned that the Lacha goes like Rabbi Huda when in his disputes uh, with uh, Rabbi Shimon. 
So therefore, that's a proof to Rav Meshashe, who says we don't hold by these principles. The Gemara says, Ma'akrusha, Dilmahaki, Nami, Haikad Itmar, Itmar, Haikad Lo Itmar, Lo Itmar. Where we, we've said such a thing uh, explicitly, then we ignore the general principle. Uh, but where in, in terms of a general principle, uh, then we rely on the general principle. Okay, fourth try. Ela Mihai, Didnan, as we learned in a Mishnah, Vizehu Shamru, that they said, an uh, Ani, Arav Baraglav, when you are making an Arav Tchumim, which, as we said, we have dealt a little bit with in in chapter three, uh, when you make an Arav Tchumim, remember we said that you are, there are two ways really to go and make an Arav Tchumim. What is, one is actually going there yourself uh, and being there and being present there, uh, and and that becomes your center of residence for that Shabbat, uh, and and you could move 2,000 Amot in any direction from there. Uh, The other way uh, to do it is to to send, as we said, a shaliach uh, and uh, someone standing there waiting to receive the food, and we had that discussion whether you can send it on a monkey or an elephant or whatever the case is, it doesn't make a difference how it gets there, as long as it gets there uh, before Bain Hashmashot, uh, it requires your residence. So, the question is, which one of those is the primary one and which of those is a more secondary one? So that's the question over here. Uh, we learned in the Mishnah, uh, A poor person establishes this Erev uh, with his feet. So in other words, he walks to the place Erev Shabbat and he stays there. And he, as long as he says, this is where I'm going to be on Shabbat, uh, that's where he measures his Tchum from. Rabbi Ma'amar, Ani. Uh, this uh, allow, uh, this is only allowed for a poor person who doesn't have uh, food uh, uh, for for two meals. Uh, you know, only that person is allowed to go there and walk with his feet uh, to be there. Uh, that that's uh, Rabbi Meir's view. He says you restrict it to uh, a poor person. Rabbi Huramer, no, echad ani vachad ashir. Doesn't make a difference if you're poor or rich. Lo amrim arvin bepatz el alhakel alashir. He says that uh, you can you know in terms of the bread. Uh, he says that. The, the only allowed you to, he said, the primary thing to do is to go there yourself. Uh, why do we allow the uh, uh, bread to be put down in that place? He says that to makes it easier for a rich person to be makel, to be lenient on the rich person. So he doesn't have to schlep out of town and be there himself. Uh, but really, the idea is a primary thing is to walk to the place uh, and, and be there uh, physically. So again, we have. Uh, uh, the, this statement, Rabbi Meir and uh, versus Rabbi Huda, and uh, surely we say, Matni Lav Rav Ba'ashi Lahai by Rav Kamad Rav, and Rav Kia Ba'ashi taught us to uh, law to Rav Kia Ba'rav in front of Rav. Echadani uh, Does we we know that it applies both to a rich person as well as a poor person. Uh, okay, and it says, Amalei Rav, and Rav said to him, Sayamba. Uh, Nami halacha krabiuda. The halacha goes like krabiuda. Krabiuda in terms of this, in other words, because it applies to both. And we know it says tati lamili. Why do why do even why does it even need to be said? Uh, it's a second thing. Haimata Rabbi Meir Rabbi Yehuda halacha krabiuda. We had in our hierarchy that Rabbi Yehuda beats Rabbi Meir. So why do you need to repeat it again? Surely the fact that you needed to repeat it again uh, means that it is not an ironclad rule. Uh, and uh, you know, surely you know why do you have to tell me that otherwise you could have just left it and we know in disputes Rabbi Yehuda uh, would trump Rabbi Meir so the Gemara says uh, maybe Rav 
uh, does not accept these principles, uh, but the other rabbis do accept them. Okay, so uh, that, that's going to be an important line, uh, and uh, we'll see that coming out a bit later. Elemi hi, did none. So another uh, try, and uh, we learned in another Mishnah. So now we abstract from uh, Erevin and we move over to Yevamot. Uh, and, uh, and what are we talking about here? Hayevama. Uh, what happens is Yevama is a, uh, a woman whose husband died. Uh, they never had children. And now uh, the question is uh, that uh, her, her brother-in-law uh, has the uh, option of uh, taking her in marriage, uh, what's known as a Yibum uh, marriage. So, so he's, uh, he can do that if he does not uh, want to marry her uh, via this Yibum. Marriage. What is he allowed? To, what does he have to do? He has to do what's known as chalitza, uh, a ceremony where they uh, they split apart officially uh, from each other, and there's no connection between them anymore. And then she's free to go and marry someone uh, uh, someone else. Okay. Um, and uh, the Gemara, the, the Mishnah qualifies this, and it says uh, that what you have to do, uh, in, in if the, the the brother-in-law has to wait, uh, it says if she's waiting, Lord tiklots, Lord he does. He's not allowed to do yibum. Definitely not Yibum, and not even Khalitsa. She has to wait three months, uh, in other words, to check that she is not pregnant uh, from her uh, late husband, uh, because otherwise, uh, then that is defined, uh, then if she got married to her brother-in-law, that would be a, a situation, uh, the same as it was in, in the lifetime of an erva uh, relationship, a uh, forbidden uh, marriage, because now she, is, uh, she has a child from her, uh, the, her late husband, and, and once she's got a child, uh, then the mitzvah of Yibam uh, totally falls away and reverts to uh, uh, the same as uh, you, you, this woman not being allowed at all uh, to be uh, with her uh, brother-in-law. Whereas if there's no child, uh, then the brother-in-law is allowed to marry her via the Zubum. But if not, uh, it, it remains uh, very forbidden. It's also known as an erva. Uh, and therefore, uh, so after three months, we, have, we see if there's no uh, child, she's not pregnant, uh, then she has to, uh, th- then she's allowed to continue uh, with either Yubum or, as we said, Khalitsa. You know, why not do Khalitsa straight away? Uh, it, it, because what happens if she does Khalitsa? Uh, then the woman has the name of uh, Khalitsa and, and that means she'd be forbidden to a Kohen and uh, we don't want this woman to be forbidden to a Kohen if she doesn't need to be okay so otherwise she just uh, uh, you know maybe she's she's uh, uh, she, she might be pregnant uh, and that would be uh, you know if, if uh, and, and then she you know she's she's free to marry uh, later on after the three months and then she could marry a Kohen Kohen can marry a, uh, a woman who, a widow okay uh, and therefore, uh, and and we say uh, about that, it continues. And this applies to all other women, uh, not just uh, the Zibum relationship. Uh, all women actually have to wait. They can't get married uh, and they're not allowed to even get engaged uh, until three months have passed. Uh, and we say, uh, Now we get into a, a, a situation, what's known as a law plug, uh, we apply this ruling across the board. Uh, whether uh, she was, uh, um, uh, she already married before, and it, it, or even if she was, uh, even just betrothed, she was. Um, 
even if she was a non, uh, even if she was a virgin, a betula uh, beforehand, uh, doesn't make a difference. Uh, even though she'd never been married and just engaged, uh, or else, you know, obviously she'd she'd uh, been with her husband, and that's why we can suspect she's pregnant. Echad almanot, echad grushot, doesn't make a difference from uh, death or divorce uh, of the husband. Echad arusot, echad nusot, even if she's only engaged, and also if she's married. So we apply the rule across the board uh, in terms of it. Otherwise, the last thing you'd want uh, is um, this woman to get married. Uh, even if she was divorced uh, from her husband, uh, someone else could uh, come in within, uh, you know, get married to her in, in three months and then uh, father a child with her. You're not sure if it is the, ha- the, uh, the child of the first husband, uh, whether he's the late husband or the ex-husband, uh, and uh, this uh, or the father, uh, or the, who's the father? If the father could be the second husband, and it's just an early birth, uh, and uh, that's so. So we're very worried about that. Let's say it happens after two months, and the baby is born seven months later. So it could be the nine-month uh, baby of the the first husband, uh, or it could be a seven-month baby, an early uh, baby from the uh, from the second husband. So that. Would throw the paternity into doubt, and that would obviously lead to massive problems about who the child could marry. Uh, and therefore, the rabbis uh, came with this law plug, uh, this uh, over across the board decision uh, about that uh, no woman can get married uh, in terms of that. Uh, and that's the uh, 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 you know, a general statement. Uh, Rabbi Hudomer. Rabbi Huda uh, says, "Nusuin uh, yitasru, uh, woman that's married uh, can get engaged uh, straight away because uh, during that time period of engagement, uh, the, whole, the 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 couple's obviously not going to be intimate uh, with each other. But in terms of marriage, you would obviously agree that they can't get married uh, because otherwise we'd be in doubt about the paternity. Uh, we could be in doubt about the paternity." Uh, uh, what happens if a woman uh, was only engaged Yinasu, she says you can get married uh, you know she could get married straight away if she was if her husband or who who um, engaged uh, if they were engaged her fiance uh, had, had died uh, she, she can get engaged again uh, if she's uh, up to that uh, within the three month period uh, that, that's Rabbi Huda's view uh, because um, you know the, the, we are, we assume that the uh, the man and his fiance never had relations before. They were just engaged, and obviously, relations uh, between them were forbidden. Uh, except uh, for uh, engaged couples from Yehuda. It seems that the, the, the people in Yehuda, uh, in Judah, were very uh, comfortable with each other, and uh, it could be that they would have had uh, some relations, uh, you know, before marriage. Okay, and that's um, and that that could be therefore that she's carrying a child so that uh, would they have to wait three months okay that was Rabbi Huda's view uh, Rabbi Yosem uh, no all women can get engaged uh, and it only applies uh, to a marriage uh, he says that they could get engaged obviously not married uh, it says but except for a widow uh, she has to wait at least uh, uh, you know the, the mourning period the 30 days uh, for her late husband she can't get engaged uh, in, that, in that time period okay Vamrinan uh, and we said about that after all these different opinions. Uh, Rebeliezer, uh, law, al, um, 
Levayi Rasha. So we said that Rabbi Le- and and we said about that uh, uh, that Rabbi Leizer law al levayi midrash. He never came to bad midrash. Vashkukai Rabbi Asi dahave came and he and he, he met Rabbi Asi who was uh, was standing there and he asked him Amalei my amur bavayi midrash. What did they discuss around the bad midrash? Amalei hachi amar Riochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says halachik Rabbi Yosi. Halachik goes like Rabbi Yosi. Meklal the the kid I paligalea. So were you saying that uh, the fact that Halakha goes like him uh, means that uh, is there only one other person disagreeing with him? And we say in. Yes, there was only one person disagreeing. Vatanya, Haresh uh, Rudufa, what happens if a person uh, is Rudufa, uh, Laleich, uh, Babaytavia? What happens uh, is, you know, a, a woman wanted to go to her father's house and she wasn't, uh, you know, with her husband uh, for an extended period of time, uh, or well, she was angry with her husband, they didn't have a good uh, marriage and she stayed out the house for a long time, or the husband was sick uh, or old, uh, and he uh, well, she was sick uh, and uh, and or barren. Zakena uh, katana vaayalonet, or else uh, she was uh, uh, an old woman, uh, a, a very young woman, ayalonet, so one that doesn't have, uh, you know, she's never going to sexually mature as a woman. In other words, you can't have children. All of those cases that we mentioned, uh, it's it's inconceivable. Uh, excuse the pun, uh, that uh, the woman would have a uh, a child. Uh, the man and the woman would have had a child, either due to problems with him uh, or problems uh, with her. And uh, so, uh, all of these cases, and then we give another case where the husband was in prison. Uh, we say that all of those cases, the wife uh, could not have got impregnated by her husband, or else the woman even had a miscarriage after the death of her husband. So we are absolutely sure that uh, in this case, there is no surviving offspring from the husband. So Rabbi Meir says all of these women uh, across the board have to wait a period of three months. Uh, doesn't make a difference uh, about the circumstances. It's an across the board rule. Rabbi Yossi said, in those cases, uh, you can get married uh, and uh, engaged actually first and then get married straight away because, uh, it, uh, as we said, uh, in these cases, we are absolutely sure that the, uh, the husband, uh, the woman is not pregnant from her husband due to these extenuating circumstances. So we see it's a machlok between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi May, and we said, the halacha goes like Rabbi Yossi. So it says, Lamali, why do you need to say? That Hamata Rabbi Ma, Rabbi Yossi, Alachik Rabbi Yossi. Remember, Rabbi Yossi was a top of the Alachik totem pole, uh, way above uh, Rabbi Meir, who was at the bottom, uh, and uh, Rabbi Ma and Rabbi Shimon were at the bottom of their respective things, with Rabbi Huda in the middle. So uh, we see that uh, surely we we would hold like that. And Nagorah says, Ma Kusha, Dilma Lafuka, and Rabbi Nachman Amashmo. Well, no, what do we want to exclude over there? With the reason we have to specify that because Rav, uh, we want to exclude what Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel. Ama Halachik. Rabbi Meir with Gezeira or Tav. Uh, the Lacha goes like Rabbi Meir uh, with his Gezeiras uh, because uh, Rabbi Meir, uh, as we saw early on in Amasechet, I think Yud Gimel, uh, says that Rabbi Meir had such unbelievable depth and knowledge uh, people couldn't fathom his, uh, his reasoning uh, and therefore um, that's interesting. Interestingly, why we don't paskin uh, like him, we don't uh, hold like him, uh, but uh, we see that 
in terms of this, maybe when he, he, he did hold a specific way and he wanted to be strict, maybe we should go like that uh, due to his decree. Uh, still, we override it in this case. Uh, and therefore, so we, we uh, try again. Uh, and, uh, you know, in, in terms of this, Elamihai, Detanya, we learned now instead of a Mishnah, we go to a brighter, a brighter talking about uh, mirroring uh, a discussion in the Gomorrah in Avodah At the beginning, uh, it says you're not allowed to uh, do business with uh, non Jews uh, on their, uh, near their festivals because what happens is if, if uh, you do a good business deal with them, uh, then uh, it, uh, they'll ascribe greatness to their God and then that will lead to you uh, indirectly. Uh, but but still helping idolatry to expand its name in the world. Um, so Mahadatanya uh, Datanya, right? We learned about Hawkin Learid Shanochim. You can go to a non-Jewish fair. You can go to a uh, the, the sphere and you can buy all sorts of things uh, from them animals slaves uh, you know male and female uh, and uh, you can buy houses and fields vineyards uh, you know in order to settle the land and to increase the the, the holiness of the other people over there and you can even uh, write down uh, these uh, all the documentation you need to write down and get it confirmed uh, in these uh, non-Jewish courts, uh, even though that uh, that gives significance to their courts, why uh, it says It's like you're saving it uh, from their their hands. In other words, without uh, without the proper documentation, uh, they'll deny uh, that that thing ever happened, uh, the transaction ever happened. So you have to get it properly verified uh, according to the law of the land. Okay, so in all of these things, uh, you are allowed to do it. Now it says Emahaya Kohen, if he is was a Kohen, but he can uh, go outside Eretz Yisrael and, and make himself Tame. The, the, the rabbis said that outside Eretz Yisrael uh, is, um, is Tame, the what's known as uh, the uh, Umo Tagoyim, right? The, the lands of the non-Jews uh, is Tame because they're not very careful about where they bury their dead uh, and therefore there are um, corpses all over the place and therefore if you go outside Eretz Yisrael you become um, you know a, a suffolk a doubtful doubtfully tame uh, it says Ladun you can go to a court case if they summons you uh, outside Eretz Yisrael you can go and fight it uh, that your court case out there even though you're going outside Eretz Yisrael so you could uh, be tame uh, you know in terms of that Kushem Shitame Bukut and so too, uh, you can, uh, the same way you can become Tameh by going outside Eretz Yisrael, you are uh, able to become Tameh by going to a cemetery. The Gemara immediately reacts, Beta Kraut, Sakat Atok, are you serious that you can go into a, uh, a cemetery that uh, seems to be uh, totally forbidden? And, uh, you know, Isudorata, it says, no, Tuma Toratihi, as we said, Isudorata, it's Tuma on a Torah level. How could you even, how could you allow that? You know, for for the sake of a uh, court case, how could you even say that? This is no Ella Beveta Pras Dravanan. No, you can go into Beta Pras. Uh, remember, we had said different opinions about that a few weeks ago, uh, where you 
uh, corpse uh, is in a field and uh, it was ploughed over and there's uh, fragments of bone uh, and as we said there are a number of ways to get through this beta press uh, you, you uh, blow on the ground in front of it to make sure that you're not standing on any barley sh- uh, amount pieces of bone uh, and always said you said if people are trampled on it so then you can go through a beta press okay so it's uh, that specific type of field but not a, uh, a cemetery itself Okay, um, so uh, we're carrying on. And he can go outside of Israel to marry a wife or to learn Torah. Amarav Yehuda, Amatai Rabbi Yehuda qualifies as he said, when is that? There's when he can't find a place to study in Israel. If he goes, if he can find a place to study in Israel, uh, he can't go outside uh, Israel to do it. You should just rather stay in Eretz Yisrael, don't metame yourself by going outside. Rabbi Yossi Omer, Afmizman, Shimatzelimod, Nami, Yitama. No, even where you could go to a shiva uh, in Eretz Yisrael, uh, it says you you might, uh, you, you have uh, allowance to go outside. Why? Eretz Yisrael, Afi, Shain Minakol, Zoche Adam, Limod. A person does not merit to learn from everyone, and therefore uh, maybe you have to go to Chutzlaris to find your teacher. Vam Rav Yossi, Maaseb, Rav Yosef Akoyen, and uh, Rav Yosef the priest went to his teacher in Sidon uh, which is outside Eretz Yisrael to learn Torah yeah, even though uh, there were other people that could have taught him Torah okay so it depends on your connection between yourself and your Rebbe uh, etc I'm Rav Yochanan, and now we get to the part that's relevant for our discussion. Rav Yochanan says, Alakha Rabbi Yossi, Alakha Gazra Rabbi Yossi. And again, we ask our question, Lamali, why do you need to say that? Paramata, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yossi, Alakha Rabbi Yossi. We said that Rabbi Yossi is at the top uh, of everything here, and therefore, why do you even need to say this? Surely he would hold, uh, versus Rabbi Huda, he'd always be on top. Uh, and, and therefore, why do you need to repeat it? Amarabah says, what could you have thought Hanimili Matnitin. Uh, as we said, this was the first time we'd quoted a um, a brighter. So you might have thought that all these laws only apply when it comes to Mishnahs. Aval brighter when it comes to brighters, which may not be as authoritative. Uh, it says Ama law. You might think that uh, these rules don't apply. No, Kamash Malan, these rules do apply. Uh, so therefore, uh, we come to the end of the uh, seven uh, attacks uh, that Rav Mashash has said, and actually we go back. Ella Hakikam. So we have not been able to find a proof for Rav Meshashe. We've deflected all of them, and therefore we actually end up revising what Rav Meshashe said. Hani klale alav divra kol nenu. He says actually what Rav Meshashe said. These are not accepted by everyone. Dahai Rav leitle hani klale because in many of these statements uh, we had Rav Chama Baguria saying in the name of Rav uh, that the Lacha goes like this person or like that person and that was the source of a lot of our questions uh, and that's it we say no Rav himself uh, doesn't hold of these principles and that was the statement that Rav Mashashia was telling us okay Right, uh, going back to Erevin after that, uh, some, that uh, detour, Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Shmuel. Rav Yehuda said that Shmuel says, nokri ain kunim shvita. If uh, an object belonging to a non-Jew, uh, it's got no tukum uh, over it, uh, and uh, it hasn't got tukum inherently uh, by itself. And also uh, because a non-Jew uh, is not subject to the laws of tukum, obviously they don't apply to him. Uh, therefore, uh, it, you know, it, it's got no 
So uh, a Jew, uh, if it's brought into a town, uh, a Jew could carry it. Okay, Laman, uh, who does this go like? Uh, we give us, you know, we, we try to say, and if you say it goes like the rabbis, uh, we say that that's obvious, it goes like the rabbis. If it's an ownerless object, as we had yesterday, uh, and it's got no uh, owners to it, obviously, uh, and, and we said, in terms of these ownerless objects, we said the rabbis hold that ownerless object, they have got no tchum, uh, i.e. they are uh, uh, subject to the person who picks them up. Uh, that is what we said. It's not like 2,000 and in every direction uh, that, you know, that that's their own tchum. Uh, no, they, they go according to the people that pick them up. Uh, so if, it, if it's like these things with an ownerless object, nokri, uh, yeah, these things have owners and these owners are not subject to the laws of tchum at all. And we buy, obviously, they, uh, you know, these, these things also do not have a tchum. So therefore, we say it can't go like the rabbis, it would be obvious. Ella, I live with Rabbi Yochanan ben Maybe we'd say it goes like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Vakamashmalan, what's he coming to teach us? Amadam Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, Konen Shvita. Rabbi ben Nuri say these uh, owners' objects have a Shvita, uh, have their own Tchum. Hanimili, Hefse Hefker, that's when they are owners. Delight Lahu Balim, because they have not got owners. Aval, Hefse Nokri, Detlu Balim, Law. You might think that uh, when it when it belongs to someone, uh, it's it's owned by someone. Uh, that's um, you know we are saying that uh, that uh, you know it, it doesn't apply uh, to them. They've got this ownership, but uh, there are people that don't have a uh, tchum. So therefore, we say over here that it doesn't. They don't have a tchum. Okay, so we say that maybe Rabbi Yochanan and Benuri ultimately holds uh, that. Um, uh, and you know, unowned objects, hefka objects, have a tchum, uh, but non-Jewish objects do not have a tchum non-Jewish owned objects. Okay, Maitve, however, we have a direct, we have a brighter uh, that goes directly in the face of that. Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar Omer, Hashuel Kli Menanochri. If you borrowed a, Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar said, if you borrow a utensil from a non-Jew, Biyomtov, Vechayna Mashil, Lo Lanochri Kli Me'erev Yomtov, Vechizuro Biyomtov, else you lent it to him uh, on uh, on Erev Yomtov, and he returned it to you on Yomtov uh, from uh, the, uh, obviously outside the Tchum. Uh, it's says um uh, it says and uh utensils and uh, you know storehouses or whatever it happens to be some place of storage uh, and if it was you know within the the the, the uh, then in all these cases they can be moved 2000 amot in every direction however if it comes uh, from outside the tchum if it comes out from outside the tchum then you can't move it from its place uh, because it has to be frozen into the place uh, because it's it's moved beyond its tukum. So here we see quite explicitly that uh, a non-Jewish owned object do uh, have a, a tukum, okay, or, or a non-Jew doing something uh, to an object would result in, you know, we still say that it's got a tukum. So that, that seems to fly right in the face of what we said. Uh, therefore, uh, we can explain this. Though if we say that Rabbi Yochanan, not as we said previously, uh, said that non-Jewish owned objects do have a tchum, 
That makes sense. Hanimani, Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. We say that this makes sense because this goes like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri uh, that it has a tchum. Ela yamata kasava Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri kefsa hefkar ein kunim shvita. If you say that uh, the, there is no uh, concept of tchum with non-Jewish ownerships, uh, owner, owned objects, uh, it says Hanimani. Who does this brata go like? Lo Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri v'lo Rabbanan. It goes like neither Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri nor like uh, the rabbis uh, and. Uh, that's it, you know, in, in terms of that, uh, you know, that's because uh, uh, we said the rabbis, uh, you know, w- would say it's obvious that they, they don't uh, get any, uh, you know, uh, tchum, these non-Jewish owners, because the non-Jews are not subject uh, to the tchum. But here we see that they are subject to tchum, so it seems to be going like uh, no one. So the Gemara says, no, Olam Kasab Rabbi Yochanan Minuri, Kepsa Nokri, Konem Shvita. Really, uh, Rabbi Yochanan Minuri does hold. So which way does he hold? We must hold that they do acquire uh, their own Tchum. Uh, and really, Ushmul, the Amar Karabanan. And Shmuel is going like the position of the rabbis. And it says, Bukamata Rabbanan Shita. And you said it was obvious uh, before that uh, the rabbis would hold that thing. Uh, we didn't even have to say that. Madatema, what might you have thought? Gezeira Balim Denokri, Atu Balim Disrael. You might have thought, the rabbis say, uh, when do you say, uh, that? why do you say uh, that, uh, that it might acquire uh, a tchum? Why? Because you could get confused. You could say that uh, Jewish-owned objects acquire tchum, so the same might be that will decree uh, that non-Jewish-owned objects also have a tchum. Okay, and that's it. So therefore we say, no, we don't make that decree. However, Rav Kiyah Ba'avin, Amar Rav Yochanan, Chefte Nochri, Konem Shvita. He says, no, uh, these non-Jewish owned objects do have a Tuchum, Gezeira, Ba'alim de Nochri, Atu Ba'alim de Israel. We say we do uh, make this Gezeira, and because otherwise you're going to get confused uh, between uh, Jewish owned objects and non-Jewish owned objects. Okay, Hani Dikre, Datu Lemer Mavrachta, there was a rams brought to this town, Mavrachta, on Shabbat, Shailu Rava, Lebnei Machoza, Nemazaben Minei. Rava said that you are allowed to buy them uh, and take them home. So there's a whole discussion that we said, you know, how could you allow this, you know, uh, this, this to happen on Shabbat? Uh, and we said the, at the end of Masechet Shabbat, uh, you know, the, you came and you, you did it uh, in, a, in a permissible way on Shabbat. Uh, they said, listen, I'll take this, this, this. Uh, you don't mention prices, you don't mention uh, money uh, or anything like that. And uh, we said that, you know, that you'd be able uh, to, you know, you'd, you'd work it out after Shabbat. Okay, uh, so you could take them home, even though it would seem that Mavrachta was outside uh, this uh, Tchum of Mechoza. Uh, and, uh, and that's it. So Amalei Ravina Rava, Ma'adatek. So Ravina said to Rava, uh, what, you know, what, what are you, wh- why do you say such a thing? Damarav Yehuda, Mashmu, Chefzai Nochri, Ein Kunim Shvita. Are you holding that uh, these uh, items belonging to a non-Jew uh, do not uh, have a uh, Tchum? And that's why you allowed this uh, to happen. It says, Vahai Shmuel, Rabbi Yochanan, Halakhik Rabbi Yochanan. And interestingly, we kind of double back uh, onto, you know, Halakhik um, hierarchies. And we say, when, when uh, uh, between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan, the Lacha goes, like Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Rav Chia Ba'avin, Amar Rav Yochanan, Chef Senokri, Konim Shvita. And as we said, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, uh, non-Jewish-owned objects have a Tchum period. Because we make this decree uh, for non-Jews, uh, non-Jewish-owned objects because of Jewish-owned objects. So it says, Hada Amar Rava. So Rava then changed his mind. He says, Lezuma, um, uh, 
Mavrachta, the Kula Mavrachta, Didu Kaaba Motame. He says, okay, uh, therefore, instead of selling these lambs to Machoza, uh, you can't uh, you know, sell them to Machoza anymore. You can only sell them to Mavrachta uh, because they, you know, they, they, it's the whole city of Mavrachta is like one big four Amot area, and therefore they could only be bought by those people in Mavrachta and not by Machoza. All right, we will leave it there. Everyone should have a great day.